The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke. With me this week, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello, and Max, my cat. Ah, the cat is with us this evening. It is, yes. we're recording on Friday the 13th. Um, Woo! Although we aren't doing a Jason movie, which I kind of regret in a way, but our episode We should have thought about that. Yeah, but our episodes come out on Sunday, so it's not, it's not going to be Friday or the 13th, <sighs> so it's fine, but... Um, I tend to find this day a lucky day. Um, I didn't have anything bad happen, but, uh, didn't have anything good happen either. So it's just kind of a neutral day, I guess. I mean, nothing, I don't want to say nothing good happened. Some cool stuff happened. Um, but like nothing like immediately impactful, I guess, happened. So, um, but how has your week been, Corey? Um, it's better now that it's Friday and I think it's so funny because, um, I'm a little superstitious. Oh, are you? It's true. I'm a little superstitious. I feel like we shouldn't push our luck or like tempt fate. You know, I feel like. But I, I feel like that know, could be I, any day, not just Friday Thirteenth. That, oh, that's true. But knock on wood, and cross my fingers. I also usually don't tend to have a bad Friday the Thirteenth. I think they're kind of fun, um, especially since it's in October, guys. Yeah, it adds a little extra. Uh, intrigue to the uh, superstition but um i my daughter and i went and saw happy death day on october 12th technically although its official release date is today um and we were excessively pleasantly surprised um it's actually pretty great i so you sent like that group message and then there was like a little conversation that followed and i thought you were being a smart ass ah no not at all um my review went up this morning, and uh, I did give it the not-quite-golden Pony Boy rating, which is a, basically our four-star rating. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the acting was actually great. I really like liked the two main characters. Um, you know, the premise is, is old, per se, but the movie's, I think, just long enough. It's like an hour, 36 minutes, so it's it, oh, doesn't, nice. it doesn't dwell in it. It uh, you know gets in and out, and they add their own little take to the premise. Uh, if you're not familiar with Happy Death Day, it is the horror Groundhog Day, so uh, a girl stuck in the same day having to re- uh, repeat it until she can solve or stop her murder from happening is the, uh, the trailer premise. I won't go into how accurate that translates. Um, I was pleasantly surprised at the 50 Cent song uh, utilized in the trailer. Not in the movie at all. What? Yeah, it is not her ringtone. It is never in the film. It doesn't play in the credits, or at least not the part of the credits I stayed for. Um, So, yeah, but I I really, I went in kind of expecting it to be bad, and I had a really great time watching it. And so did my daughter, so good note. Yeah, it's it's nice when things work out. Now the the critics are are mixed on it from what I've seen. It's it's floating around like a fifty six, um, both Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, I think. But um, there was only like seven or eight people that had re- reviewed it at the time I looked. So hopefully it'll pick up. I, I really do think it's gonna do okay if people give it a chance. I think word of mouth will really help it. it it's a, it's very entertaining. Again, not a perfect movie, and it's it's a horror like slasher kind of. You know, it doesn't list itself as a comedy on IMDb. It's listed as a horror mystery thriller, and I I thought the mystery was well done. By the way, um, I was interested in, in like the way it's solved and broken down. I think is entertaining and um, pretty pretty well done. I uh, I didn't see it coming, um, but I I was thrown off by another. I had my own prediction, and I was definitely kind of blinded to my own assumptions. Um, Big Tuna, who writes for us from time to time, he he said he saw it coming. I'm not sure um, at what point he he figured it out, and I, I definitely could see how someone could guess it. Uh, but it's I I I was again pleasantly surprised. So if you're get if you're going out to see a horror movie this month, I, I do recommend seeing it. Um, have you seen anything else aside from The Fly this week, Corey? Um, I did watch something, and now I can't remember what it was. I'm sorry. Oh. 
Good job. Only one movie. I know. I'm doing such a great job. But, Sorry, I rushed home, and I had to hurry, and my mind <laughs> isn't, you know... Uh, I just got done watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space uh, for the first time. Um, I have only seen bits and pieces of that. It's 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 got its rough edges, for sure. It's it's a silly B-movie type movie, but there's some good stuff in it. And the, I gotta say, a lot of the costuming is pretty great. The clown design is awesome. Um, I find them very compelling. And... Uh, cool to, to look at like they're they're creepy yet they're they have they clown elements different. yeah they're they're very distinctive i i like that too actually i thought that was a really cool part and um you know the effects look cheesy but i think it works with the movie still um i i definitely enjoyed it um i got the special edition we talked about the other day on on the podcast and top five movies with the uh, uh special cover and it comes with a coloring book um like an adult coloring book, apparently. Uh, some, some <laughs> I guess it's an artist who's famous. I don't know him, Orlando something or other. But um, yeah, it was only seven bucks for the Blu-ray. I wish it came with a digital copy, but it did not. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but um, it it's so hard. Like I went to Walmart last night, and I hate Walmart just for the oh, record. We- Oh, what record? I, oh, you you're just oh, no, I'm sorry. for the record. Got I'm it. just saying. I'm putting this. I'm putting this out there. I hate Walmart. It makes me like question humans, like everything about them, and I just want to run people over. But I did go in last night, and it, I've already said this, but it's so hard for me to like have self control when they have all those horror movie in caps, uh-huh. and I just want everything. I, I only I bought, bought. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What did you buy? I only bought Return of the Living Dead, ah. but do I need to buy Killer Clowns from Outer Space? I mean, it's it's a solid movie, so it depends. I, I kind of wish I bought Return. I was hoping that uh, there would be a digital copy included, but um, I, uh, I I went on Vudu though when I got home and snagged Scream for four, uh, five bucks uh, <sighs> HD. So I was pretty ha- hyped about that. They have a slasher sale going on this weekend. All, a bunch of movies are half off. Um, I might buy uh, April Fool's Day. Have you ever heard of that? I love that movie. I've never seen it, but one of the uh, Pure Cinema podcasts just recommended that uh, the other day, and I was like, "Ooh, it's only it's six See? bucks, but it's one I've never seen, and I'm kind of intrigued by." Um, and then uh, tonight, though, for four bucks, I bought uh, Cabin in the Woods on DVD with digital. Um, even though I would have preferred Blu-ray, I don't own that movie, and I really love it. So I was like, four bucks, I'll pay four bucks to own that movie for sure." Um, couldn't resist. So I bought two movies at Walmart and then one at on Voodoo when I got home, which is owned by Walmart. So technically three. Um, but I, I couldn't resist. I, I, you know, I hadn't bought a couple movies. Um, I haven't bought. I bought more movies in the last like two weeks than I've bought in a while. So, you know, I, I'm binging a little. I, I've been pretty good for about two months where I haven't bought a film. So, I uh, it's Halloween oh, time. Impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think I, I did. I've seen a lot of movies, mind you. I just haven't been buying them as much, but. Um, we haven't really said what we're doing tonight, but our episode for this evening is The Fly from 1958, um, and, uh, I'm a big fan of the David Cronenberg Fly from, I think, 1987. Uh, have you seen that version of The Fly? Negative. Really? Oh. Yeah, I don't think so. Man, I, I watched that a couple years ago with my friend that I, I constantly bring up and never name, um, who we, we watch films that we've never seen and we, uh, either have already purchased, um, I have a pretty extensive collection of movies. But his, his, he might double mine. I'm not sure. He's got. He buys. He's a really good bargain shopper. Like he'll hit up pawn shops, and he'll find like killer deals on Blu-rays and stuff. Um, he's come home with like full box sets, like of every season of a TV series that he spent like ten bucks on all of it. You know, like total. Um, Jelly. Yeah, he's he's he goes out of his way to find the deals, and he does. He gets a lot of stuff, but. Um, the Fly was one we watched, and I was not only was I really into it, but I was uh, maybe some of the most disturbed images I'd seen at that point, where I was like, they were like burned into my head, which I use that expression a lot. So maybe there's a whole bunch of stuff burned into my brain at this point. But um, Jeff Goldblum and uh, Gina Davis, uh, just fantastic in that, and really, really recommend it. And so I've never seen this 1958 version, and I really wanted to check it out. Um, and we're going to be giving our full review in a moment, but before we do that, we're going to talk about what's coming out on DVD and Blu-ray or VOD this coming Tuesday, and um, we're going to start with a movie that I saw with my wife earlier this summer called Girls Trip. And Corey, this is one you missed, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, you 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 giggle, but I highly recommend this film. It has a 71 Metacritic. Um, it stars Regina Hall, Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith. 
and Tiffany Haddish, who is the, uh, I would say the funniest part of that movie by far, um, which is interesting because she's a stand-up comedian, but I tried watching her stand-up special after seeing Girl Strip, and neither my wife nor I made it through the whole thing. We were not uh, not as into her stand-up. But in Girl's Trip, um, she's fantastic. It's a really, really funny movie. It's definitely it's raunchy comedy, so there's going to be a lot of dirty sex jokes and stuff. But um, it is four female leads, so a lot of the jokes are told from a female perspective, which is not the norm, right? It's usually the other way. It's usually guys telling dirty sex jokes. Um, it, it, but man, we were, we laughed the whole time. We were in a crowded theater too. So it was great. Cause everyone was having a blast, uh, super enjoyable film, uh, coming out on home video. Um, I feel like it's really sad that I'm saying this, but I was getting it mixed up with rough what night. was that Scarlett Johansson? Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were very similar, uh, only in the sense that it's a group of girls celebrating something. Um, rough night is a bachelor at party. Uh, Girl Strip isn't. Girl Strip um, is just uh, four sorority friends from college uh, who haven't been able to see each other for a while getting together for uh, one of Regina Hall's character is giving a speech at an awards, like a, an awards banquet type thing. And uh, it's in New Orleans, New Orleans excuse me. Um, I think during Mardi Gras time, there's definitely a scene that's, uh, that appears to be Mardi Gras. And um, they she brings her friends with her like as her guests kind of thing. And they, they're there to have a girl's trip, you know, and it's, it's great. It's super funny. Um, there's a couple of like over the top crazy scenes, but it kind of works in the context of the whole film. So you just go with it. But, um, that's a great comedy coming out on Tuesday. And then there's a movie I didn't get to see, but I really do want to watch called lady Macbeth coming out. Um, and has a 76 on Metacritic and, uh, Star, it's directed by William Oldroyd and direct, uh, starring Florence Pugh, Cosmo Jarvis, uh, Paul Hilton, Naomi Aki. Nobody I really know so far, but um, let me read the plot description because it's not based on the play Macbeth. Um, in 19th century rural England, a young bride who has been sold into marriage discovers an unstoppable desire within herself as she enters into an affair with a worker on her estate. Um, it looked pretty compelling in the trailer. Uh, I haven't seen the trailer for quite some time though, but I remember wanting to see it when the trailer had came out and it's coming out on home video on Tuesday. I haven't even seen a trailer for this. I don't remember what film I saw when the trailer, uh, was shown, but it was definitely a smaller indie film. Um, I just can't recall which one it was, but it's definitely one I want to check out. Um... Plus, it's, it's, I think it's fairly short, which is always a bonus. So next up is a movie called Landline um, that I, I do want to see. Uh, it's directed by uh, Gillian Robespierre, uh, starring Jenny Slate, who I'm a big fan of, Jay Duplass, Abby Quinn, John Turturro, who I, I generally like, Edie Falco, um, Ali Ahn. I hope I'm saying that one right. Um, oh, Finn Whitlock is in it too. I like Finn Whitlock. Um, seeing if there's anybody else I recognize. Some people look familiar, but nobody's names are popping. Uh, this the premise is intriguing. It's in 1995. A teenager living with her sister and parents in Manhattan discovers that her father is having an affair. Um, you know, I, I'm a fan of Jenny Slate normally, so I, the fact that she's listed first, I, I definitely want to give the movie a shot. Um, it has a 66 on Metacritic, so a positive score overall. Um, seems like it could be pretty entertaining. And I like movies set in the 90s normally. I didn't even know her name. I only know her from Parks and Rec. Oh, she's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, she was in Gifted with Chris Evans earlier this year. Oh, she was the teacher. She was the teacher. Um, she's okay. Re- yeah. In Parks and Rec, she plays a much more obnoxious character. As she's, uh, oh, I can't think of the guy's name. Um, her, her brother. Yeah, oh, they're they're both oh, obnoxious. John Raffio. John Raffio. Oh man, I I need to rewatch Parks and Rec. All of a sudden, I'm feeling the the temptation. But, um, yeah. So she's super obnoxious on Parks and Rec, although still hilarious. Uh, she's been in several films. Um, I think Obvious Child is one, and then there's one where she's pregnant. I think I can't remember what that one's called. That might be Obvious Child. She's in a few other films. Uh, she's usually pretty entertaining, and this is one that looks like she's the lead. So I'm intrigued by that. 
Now, the big release for Tuesday on home video and Blu-ray is uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, this movie has a 73 on Metacritic star. is Tom Holland, who is by far the best on-screen Spider-Man. Uh, Michael Keaton, Robert Downey Jr., Marissa Tomei, John Favreau. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is billed ahead of so many people, and she is not a star in this movie. Uh, Zendaya, Jacob uh, Batalon, who is really the co-star he's he and spider-man are best friends and they're great together you have tony revelori uh laura harrier um bokeem oh man his last name's cut off hold on gotta load it up bokeem woodbine and then um i also uh hannibal burris is the coach and i'm a huge fan of hannibal burris so whenever he shows up in a movie he usually has some of the funniest lines and he does in this film as well martin Starr shows up i mean he's got a huge cast um, I love this film. I saw it three times in the theater this summer, and I didn't regret any one of those screenings. Um, and it is a film that I already own, actually. I got a digital copy uh, thanks to Regal Cinemas and using their Regal card. They are not a sponsor, but uh, they happen to be my local chain, and their reward system is pretty great. Um, I love Regal. Yeah, and the, just seeing uh, Rough Night, Dark Tower, Spider-Man Homecoming, Baby Driver, I got all four digital copies um, they currently have two promotions going on, although I, it's probably too late to jump in on them. One involved Hitman's Bodyguard, and um, the other, uh, I, I think, I don't think it was Mother. I can't remember, maybe it was Mother. I can't remember which one it was, but I hope it was Mother, because I really want to own that movie. But um, the it's a, it, whenever they have these deals, uh, there's usually one or two movies that I have no interest in. Um, oh, it is Mother. It's Mother, Suburbicon, Daddy's Home 2, and Downsizing, all of which I... Daddy's Home 2 I don't like need to see, but I was planning on seeing Suburbicon and Downsizing, both Matt Damon films anyways. I already saw Mother, and Daddy's Home 2 I will see. I thought the first one was entertaining. Um, Hitman's Bodyguard, American Assassin, I already saw both of those, but I have to see, or I have to at least buy a ticket to see uh, Medea's, or Tyler Perry's Boo 2, Medea's Halloween, and then Jigsaw, which i'm gonna see i haven't seen the last two saw films i didn't see six or final chapter or whatever but i recently purchased them um so i might watch them before and and or i might just go see jigsaw and not care about the uh continuity confusion that i'm gonna have but um you did see spider-man in the theater right Corey? no you didn't no i don't remember everything you should have have. like no but now you said martin star and i know it had didn't have childish gambino in it yeah, Donald Glover I did leave off on accident. He was early in the list, which I think he's up too high. Uh, he has a very small role. So does Martin Starr. Both are, uh, but I love him. Yeah, they're both great um, in the movie, but they both have very tiny roles on the on the big picture. It's a, I it's a longer do movie. Like, I do like Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, and I know that we don't agree on this. And nope. also, I have, I have superhero movie fatigue. Uh, but Spider-Man is actually a high school movie with a superhero in it. Like I'm too old for that mess. I'm just kidding. No, I love, no, it's like a John Hughes I movie. Stuff. I know. I said I was kidding. I know, but I want to emphasize that it's like a John Hughes movie. So um, I love John Hughes. I know you do. That's why I, I was very sad when he died. All right. Well, that is our home video release. Corey, I do recommend that you check out Spider-Man: Homecoming. It is great. It's very entertaining. It's funny, and Tom Holland is awesome. Um, I I can't wait for the next one. Um, we need okay. to talk about what's coming out in theaters, though, on 1022, oh. or no, not 1022, 1020 also, um, which is this coming Friday. There are four big releases, um, and by big, I mean they're going to be all over the place, and I don't know what they're going to have to take out for some of these to happen. Unfortunately, okay. the movie that I think you're the most excited for, I think is the one that will be the least likely um, playing oh. in my area. I just realized something interesting. So we're going to start with uh, this movie that I think looks so bad. After, after you name these four movies, are you going to tell us what you just realized? I will tell you when I name this movie because okay. it, it's an actor that I didn't know was in this movie who's I in an, another movie that I really like. Um, oh. The movie's called Geostorm. Uh if you haven't seen the trailer for this, it looks pretty bad, but it's when the network of satellites designed to control the global climate start to attack Earth. It's a race against the clock to uncover the real threat before a worldwide geostorm wipes out everything and everyone. Now, I can I, already... Oh, No, ahead. no, please go ahead. Please go ahead. I can already tell you from seeing the trailer one time that they're not malfunctioning. Someone took over those bitches. The first trailer 
it was unclear. The second trailer, they revealed so much plot detail. Like they were just like, "Please see this, please." There's look, there's a story, and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't want to see I, it when there wasn't a story, but the story looks bad, so no, thank you." And Bill, I haven't seen the movie that he's talking about, and I think that this is the right movie, but he's like, "Oh, it looks just like was it 2012?" Probably. Uh, it's either 2012, day after tomorrow. Um, there's like two other big like everything's falling apart movies. I am not generally a fan of natural disaster movies. Um, I still have never watched Twister. And, yeah, I know. Um, it, it's a movie that a lot of people love because of Bill. I and, I just never was interested in watching it. And doesn't it have Helen Hunt? It does. Um, and both great. That's not that doesn't mean I want to watch them chasing a tornado. Um, I've never watched Perfect Storm. I did see The Day uh, After Tomorrow, but that was by accident. Um, it wasn't my doing. Someone else made me watch it. Pretty sure Kathy made me watch it, but um, I, I've never seen San Andreas uh, 2012. Like they just do not appeal to me. And Geostorm looks worse than all of the movies I just named. Um, so I, I don't know, but it does star. And I want to point out um, it stars Abby Cornish, Jeremy Ray Taylor. And that was the revelation I had. Jeremy Ray Taylor is Ben in it. Um, so he has it going on and now he's got Geostorm. So we ain't uh, going to do that. Yeah. Gerald Butler, or sorry, 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 Gerard Butler, um, Ed Harris, which I want to point out, it is probable that Ed Harris is the villain, because he is the villain in most movies that he's in. <laughs> like, he gets cast as the villain a lot. So if I see him in a movie and there's definitely, like, a mystery villain, I am assuming it's Ed Harris. Like, it may not be, but my money right now is on Ed Harris as the bad guy in Geostorm. Um we got Jim Sturgis, who looks like he's got a major role in the movie. Andy Garcia as the president, which there is so many cheesy scenes in the trailer with him as the president. I just can't. I can't. I thought he had disappeared. Andy Garcia? He probably yeah. is wishing he had. Um, wasn't he? Was he the mayor in Ghostbusters? Like the all-female Ghostbusters? Oh, I don't know. I never watched that. I'm pretty yep, sure. Mayor probably, yep. it says. I'm in his filmography yeah, right so now. He, he's he actually has been busy yeah, the whole time. Just not in great movies, apparently. Um Yeah. So I don't want to see Geostorm. Um I I may. I may make it out to see it, but most likely will not. Um now the movie that I think is not gonna be in as many theaters as we hoped is The Snowman. Dang. The Snowman's coming out on Friday. Um, the critics, there's 10 critics listed right now for Metacritic and it's sitting at a 34, which is super heartbreaking because I really wanted this movie to be great and it's not looking like critics are loving it. Now, it doesn't mean I won't love it. It doesn't mean you won't love it, but it does make me worry because I was really hoping this was going to be like a revolution, not a revolutionary film in the way that it would change film, but a new awesome thriller mystery film to come out and it apparently is not doing that. Um... The premise of The Snowman is Detective Harry Hole, which is, by the way, worst freaking name ever. Harry, I would change my name. Harry Hole. Oh, no. Are you Stop. kidding me? I was just thinking of having the last name Hole and how horrible that is. Stop. His name is Detective Harry Hole. What are you doing, movie? Like, that alone. It, what, so is this a comedy? Fired. Like, what is this? That sounds like the name of the guy in Dumb and Dumber, not the detective in The Snowman, but... <laughs> Detective Harry Hole investigates the disappearance of a woman whose pink scarf... Okay, it's a pink scarf, too, with Harry Hole. What is... Is this a joke? Is found wrapped around an ominous-looking snowman. It sounds awful when I read that list. Like I, as you're, I was just saying, as you're, like, reading the synopsis. <laughs> so we have Michael Fassbender, Rebecca Ferguson, Chloe Sevigny, Val Kilmer, which I did not know he was in this. Now I'm guessing he's the freaking villain because he's not in the trailer. Um, J.K. Simmons... And some other people, Jamie Clayton looks familiar to me. Yeah, but, okay, so, Toby Jones, who's always a villain, too. Um, director by Thomas Alfredson. I'm not familiar with him by name, at least. Um, let's see, he did Let the Right One In. Wow. Oh. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Um, <clears throat> man. Oh, he did the Americanized one. Let the no. Right, no, Let the Right One In is the original. That's no, the Swedish. the original. Yeah, so that's disappointing that it's not getting good reviews. Uh, again, it's only ten people, so it's it's hard to to, to say. But that ten people getting to a thirty four is a bad sign. Um, 
I was definitely hoping for a higher rating from the snowman. It's also not looking like it's getting a huge release, so I'm I'm thinking that my my theater may not get it. I may have to drive 30 minutes or so to see it, and with those reviews, I don't know that I will. But I could be wrong. My theater might get it because it again it it's been marketed a lot, so it they may have already committed to it prior to uh, the reviews pouring in, but. Of course, there's going to be competition because not only does Geostorm and the Snowman come out, but Tyler Perry's Boo 2, a Medea Halloween, hits theaters on, like. on Friday. Each uh, one of these movies is drawing a different crowd. Yeah, they're they're not fighting for the same audience, that is for sure. Um, directed by Tyler Perry, written by Tyler Perry, and starring Tyler Perry as Medea. Tyler Perry. It's a one-man um, I'm kidding. We have Patrice Lovely, Brock O'Hearn, Lexi Pantera, Diamond White... Iniana Sarkis, uh, Yusef Arakat, Cassie Davis, JC Kate. I don't know like any of these people. Um, Tito Ortiz, I do know. He's a UFC fighter. What the crap is he doing in this movie? Um, well, he's long retired uh, UFC fighter. I should point out, but um, it has no reviews just yet. Um, I think this is one of those things. If you're a fan of Tyler Perry, you'll probably love it. Um, I I don't not a fan. I don't like the Medea movies. I've tried. Um, I don't find his style of comedy as Medea to be funny. It's very improv and it feels improv. Like I like improv, but I want it to feel organic and feel natural. And it feels like he's just trying to say the most outrageous stuff he can think of. And even the like him as I'm not bothered by the fact that a man is dressed as a woman, but it sounds like a man trying to pretend to be a woman and it's not it's not good in my opinion. I don't I people like it. It's fine. It's just not for me. And I will be buying a ticket for this movie. Um I will <laughs> likely not sit and watch it. Uh but I definitely want to go ahead and get my digital copies of the other movies. So um this one I will eventually own. And to be fair, my wife does like the Medea movie, so she might be happy that we have the digital copy or you know, whatever. But um there's one more film, and I don't know, this one's definitely, it's listed as a wide release, but it's more likely, it's a kind of indie, inspirational type film, but it has a really good cast. We have uh, Miles Teller, Jennifer Conley, um, James, I don't know who that is, James Badge Dale, Andy McDowell, wow, I didn't know she was in this, um, well, where's the main guy? I am 100% sure that Josh Berlin is in this movie, but he is not billed where I would have expected him to. Huh. What? Why is he not showing up? I swear this was his movie. You didn't tell me that Jennifer Connelly is also in Spider-Man. Or maybe you did. Uh, She's not technically in Spider-Man. She is a voice actor in Spider-Man. <sighs> yeah. So, to be fair, that's why I left her off. I, I am sure Josh Berlin is in this, but he is not listed in the cast. Um, That is weird. Uh, Joseph Kaczynski is the director... Uh, the premise is based on a true story of the Granite Mountain Hotshots, a group of elite firefighters risk everything to protect a town from a heroic, uh, sorry, historic wildfire. The wildfire is not heroic. Um, it has a 79 on Metacritic right now. It is very indie. Uh, it looks really good, though, in the trailer. Um, I, I'm definitely wanting to check this out if it comes close enough. Um, I don't know that it'll be at my theater. Unfortunately, we, we don't always get these type of films local i have to usually go somewhere but i am intrigued by the premise it, the trailer looks pretty good and the metacritic score is really positive and that's just eight reviews but still uh 79 is a high score um even with only eight in it it does say if you keep scrolling it has josh brolin and it also has jeff bridges oh yeah that's right jeff bridges is in it too um they're they're both in the trailer so like i knew they were in it but it's still weird that they're listed so low i, I thought yeah, they were major characters maybe they are the just minor rest of the cast listed alphabetically wow so they it must be more of a miles teller story they're, this is like a huge cast though it's well like it's because of all the firefighters involved uh they're you know they all have their stories i think it's going to focus on miles teller's personal life um, and that's he's got a few Oscar bait type movies coming out. He's got this one, okay. and then there's a military movie where he plays a. It he's he's back in the states, uh, done with active duty, but it flashes back. It looks like to um, his time in the military, like serving in Afghanistan, and he's a like um, I don't know what the position's called, but he he is looking for potential bombs. Like there, the scene in the trailer is him riding shotgun. And uh, oh. he's able to, like, kind of 
his job is to like predict when it's likely that a bomb would be placed in the road to try to attack them or whatever. And I don't know. It, it's it definitely Very looks service. like it's compelling, and it's definitely going to be um, like a post traumatic stress disorder um, movie. And uh, but it it looks powerful, and from what I'm hearing, it's getting some positive buzz. So at least two of his movies that he's got coming out uh, looks like he's trying to get an Oscar nomination. Um, but of those four. Um, I'm most interested still in the snowman. Snowman. But I have, uh, I think I'm, I think the only the brave is going to be the best movie that comes out this coming weekend. I don't know if I'll get to the movies, but I would like to see the snowman. Cause I love Michael Fassbender, even though I still haven't seen Assassin's Creed. You do not need to. So perfect. We are going to get into our review of the fly from 1958. Um, the fly uh, was directed by Kurt Newman um, and stars. Let me pull up all these names here. Um, David Hedison, um, Patricia Owens, Vincent Price, Herbert Marshall, um, Kathleen Freeman, Charles Herbert Herbert, and that looks like the gist of it. Everyone else is kind of uncredited or, and not in the movie much. Uh, your real lead is definitely David Hedison, um, which I was surprised. I actually thought Vincent Price was more the lead going into this movie. That's what I thought, too. And I was like, oh, because I could have swore. I think Family Guy had a, uh, like mimicked this and had Vincent Price's head on a little tiny fly. And that's what I was expecting to happen. And it is not what happens w- in the movie. I wonder if a whoever did the Family Guy, whatever, didn't actually watch the movie. Oh, or B, it's more recognizable. Maybe, and it's also very possible that I made all of that up. It's been a long time since I've watched Family Guy, and I've definitely confused uh, this with something else as well. Um, but before we get into our full review where we will talk spoilers and stuff, um, we're just going to talk our initial uh, kind of take on this movie. Now, I've seen the 1987 fly, as I mentioned earlier. Corey has not. So I'm going in with um, already a fan of the premise of this film and uh, kind of not apprehensive, but a little concerned because the first one, not the first one, the 1987 one really freaked me out. Like there were times where I was genuinely like freaked out and scared. And I wasn't sure if this 1958 movie could uh, elicit any reaction from me, but I'm curious to hear Corey's thoughts. What, uh, what did you think of 1958's The Fly? Um, I, this is hard, but, um, Like you said, I expected Vincent Price to be the lead. I was actually, I'm a big fan of his, but um, I was pleasantly surprised that he wasn't. Mm. And I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, I thought um, I was really impressed with the the character's ability to make me care about them. Um, I thought the, you know, the cast does a terrific job of uh, making these like, this, a lot of horror movies that come out now the the characters are paper thin and you could care less if somebody kills them let's let's be real like all of the okay. Friday the 13th movies right I don't think I I don't remember a single character from any of the Friday the 13th films and I've seen many of them except for Corey Feldman's character in number four <laughs> but Kevin Bacon's character <laughs> but I only remember that because of how he dies like I generally don't care about any of the characters in the Friday the 13th films. I just want Jason to kill them. That's why I watch those movies. I, the characters have never been somebody I'm attached to. Again, with the exception of Corey Feldman's character, and that's the one character that they tried to develop and is in more than one movie, although he's only Corey Feldman's only in one movie, but the character's in two. And I think two. I'm not a, I'm not a perfect on this. I might be off by one or two things. But the idea, though, like most horror films, characters don't... Not most. A lot of horror films don't care about the characters. They just want to get to the uh, the horror parts. And that's great sometimes. And again, I like the Jason movies. But I like them because I like Jason. And I'm always waiting to see how they'll get, uh, how creative they're going to get with the kills that he does, you know? Um, but there are, like, a lot of my more favorite horror films, I am definitely attached to characters. Uh, you could get into, like, The Babadook, which you uh, really, you you often attribute me to like convincing you to like a movie more. Babadook was one that you got me to like more after talking to you about it, um, which was before our really? podcast. But yeah, I definitely, I, I liked it when I watched it. Um, your explanation of, of it made me really appreciate it on a whole other level. So, um, and that is, 
there as a character that you are you're rooting for essentially that you're you're hoping they can find what they need and uh honestly happy death day the characters won me over um i thought their the the way the actors especially performed just really sold me on it and the fly from 1958 really achieved that uh on such a level where i really cared about the characters and when things start going wrong I was devastated at points. Like I didn't cry or anything, but I was very much just like, "Oh no!" We're like, "No, please, not that. That's awful." Um, and I even like the way they tell the story. Where, um, unlike the 1987 fly, at least from what I remember, it goes linear. It starts at the beginning and goes straight through to the end. Um, in the 1958 fly, we kind of start at the end of the story. We go in. We go linear for a little while, and then we get a flashback story where we learn um, more about what had happened at the beginning of the film, um, which I'll save. It's not a spoiler technically because it's at the beginning of the film, but I think we'll we'll save the whole plot breakdown for the um, spoiler section. But um, I like the way they told the story in this. I found it really interesting and compelling. And I was, I was definitely sucked into the mystery. Like I'm like, why did I, you know, I could make some guesses, but I wanted to hear like details. I needed to know why things happened the way they happened. And um, I was very satisfied with the movie as a whole. Um, and even some of the effects, when you're thinking 1958, some of the like the visuals are really strong. I know! Yeah, so um, I, was, I was super, super happy to, uh, not only that I watched it, but I bought it. And so I'm really glad that I liked it, because it's one that I think I am going to teach to my students, because it's a horror movie that is, it's super family-friendly horror. Um, and it's also... Uh, Again, it's characters that you can you you can get into and enjoy. Um, so I, I think it's a it's a film that even people who don't necessarily like horror can get into because it's not there's no like jump scares really. There's a couple of moments where I could see people like <gasps> you know gasping, but I would I got say, a little anxious. Yeah, I think it's more it's that tension and stress a little more so. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people that hate horror it they do it is their own heads it's... that make it bad, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were kind of talking about the other day, like drama horror, mm-hmm. like dramatic horror. Yeah. And I definitely think this would, yeah, uh, like with horror, I think that it would definitely appeal to a wide yeah. audience. And I think, I think part people. of the drama horror is the characters, right? Like that we're, we're attached mm-hmm. into what's happening in their lives. And the people in this movie are being uh, severely affected by the horrific elements in it and and that is tragic um throughout the story like you're you are devastated and, and i gotta give uh i forgot the female actress's name again um but i thought she was terrific um helen no patricia owens she plays helen um but patricia owens i don't think i've seen anything else with her in it i'm gonna scan her imdb real quick and at least not her big movies um but i thought she she kind of carries this movie she's really the lead in a lot of ways and She's definitely the emotional lead because she's dealing with a lot of information and she has the most at stake. You know, her whole world is falling apart and uh, I definitely felt for her and she did a great job of really selling me on that. I think that you're right. I feel like we should give some spoilers. Yeah, let's get into spoilers. So, but, but we both like the film and Corey wants to warn you about the following we are going to talk about this movie probably in great detail. If you want to go watch it first, please do so. Like John said, go buy it. Um, but from here on, we'll be talking about this movie in great detail. So spoiler warning. So the movie opens with a murder. Um, or at least we're told it's a murder. We see uh, Helen, who is played by Patricia Owens, um, having killed her husband, Andre, um, with a press of some kind, some kind of metal press. And she has flattened him to the point where his head is nothing but smashed blood and his <laughs> his arm as well. So just completely smashed. And uh, the only reason they're able to identify the body is he has a scar on his leg. Now, his brother, who is played by Vincent Price, Fran- uh, Francois, I believe, um, he verifies that it's his brother. They they both, uh, you know, there's like, why would she do this? And there's a lot of doubt and concern. And... Um, what we come to find out is uh, that her husband had, ex- with his experiment gone wrong, 
um, the only option he had left was to be killed. And he was so worried about the truth of his situation getting out that this particular method of death would destroy the evidence so that no one would know exactly what had happened. And, uh, Corey, what what is what do you uh, you sound like you wanted to say something specific in the spoiler okay. section? So, so I just wanted to say that it took me a little bit to get into this movie because why did it have to be set in France? Because oh. there were some really cheesy fake accents or like it's like them. It's like us when we try to pronounce things that we can't pronounce. You know what I mean? And then um, I really liked her, and I ended up well. I ended up really liking her. But I think it's so interesting to see, um, especially in the horror genre, uh, seeing how it has changed so much. Like, and I always tell people, I like joke around. I'm, I'm like, I'm working on my blood curdling scream, uh-huh. and. You definitely see that in this film. She screams so much. And, girl, you do a good job. But she, she you know does. what I mean? But she does a great job. Two major but... screams that I remember, um, and both are reveals. One, uh, when she sees his fly hand for the first time. Cause he's, oh, my gosh. He looks like a human, right? He's uh, he's still <laughs> he's as tall as he was, but he's wearing a, like, a sheet over his head. Um, it's okay. You know what? Let's before we get specifically into that. Let's. This is a very classic tale that's been redone in tons of animated cartoons. The idea he's created a teleporter, which the name that he calls it is hilarious because he does not call it a teleporter. He calls it the disintegrator integrator, and <laughs> um, it disintegrates in one room and then reintegrates in another room. But in other words, it teleports something. Um, he creates a teleporter. Uh, and at some point, we don't see the human test, but he opts to do a human test. And a fly was in the machine with him. It sends both across, and the DNA splices. And so he takes on the head and arm of the fly, and the fly takes on the head and the arm of him. Um, and he hides it first, and then he, he realizes that he needs help. Uh, he needs His hope is that if he can, his wife can get the fly, send him back through the teleporter again, and it'll unsplice them and make them whole again. Um, and as he's waiting for that to happen, he realizes that uh, he's losing control. The fly is starting to take over as it is his head. Um, but so she sees the hand of his of the fly on him, and she screams the blood curdling scream, and it's it's a good scream. Um, and then later she sees she rips the uh, the curtain or the drape or whatever is on his head off. And uh, she screams real bad. Then, um, is uh, anything you want to jump in on for that? I wanted to say this. So I like the beginning of the story. I'm like, rah, 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 rah. but when we finally start getting that he's like the you know half fly now, I love that so much because how they like kept his head covered for so long. And then, like, he kept his hand in his, like, coat pocket for so long. And then when it comes out and he's like, I know that she did a great job, but I don't know how to call him Al Hedison or David Hedison as Andre Delam. Um, I loved him so much. I think he did such a great job at portraying this character. And um, when he starts, like, typing and he can't talk to her, obviously, because he has a fly head and he's like writing across the chalkboard and he's like slowly losing it. And the writing is like, you know, starting to go down Mm -hmm. and getting, I just loved him in this character so much because I think he did such a great job, even though we can't see his face and it's covered the whole time. And honestly, if they would have kept his head covered the whole time, I wouldn't have even minded because I was thinking the same thing. This movie was made in 1958. How good could they possibly make it look but they did a great job yeah they did it it, it looks it honestly is super scary looking um because it, it's this giant nasty fly head oh. and even like how he drinks the the milk laced with whiskey oh. like and you hear him like slurping you don't see it ever but you hear like the slurping oh man it's like uh. i love that they didn't try to do more than they can than they could at yeah. the time too now, um, I you brought up the thing about France, and I, I agree. Like, why set it in France? Because none of them have like Vincent Price doesn't come off as like Francois in any way, shape, or form. Now, that's that's an old school thing. 
um, for sure. Like you weren't going for realism necessarily. You say, "Yeah, it's in France. My name's Francois." Waha. You know, I'm surprised he wasn't dropping like "wee wee" or anything. He doesn't. He doesn't really try. He just sounded like an American. He sounded like Vincent with Price. a French name, who moved to France because of his name. Yeah, like oh, I guess I have to live in France now. I'm Francois. My name um, is Francois. But uh, also, I, we got to talk about the cat, right? Yeah, that kind of pissed me off. I, I thought it would. <laughs> so that he, made me real mad. His first live animal test on his te- teleporter is a cat. Not just like any cat that he goes out into the yeah, alley yeah. and catches some stray. It's their family pet. It's the it's clearly the kid's cat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I mean, they love this cat. He's like, don't hurt him. Don't be yeah. rough. And then I'm and just I'm gonna like, throw him my teleporter. <laughs> no, I think in the uh, in the modern fly, it's a monkey that he tests, and um, it is much worse visually uh, to see because um, here the cat just vanishes, and it really bugs me. I want to know what the hell happened to the cat. Like it just doesn't. Well, why we, does it vanish? Like you hear it meowing. We, yeah, I was gonna say it's like it sounds like it's like floating around and meowing, but it never comes back. Yeah, that part bugged me because it doesn't make any sense to the rest of like how the teleporter works. Because it implies that it teleported it just not to the other teleporter. But... Because yeah, because first is I don't know if it's his first experiment, but he like teleports an ashtray mm-hmm. and they look at the bottom and it says made in china or something and it's all backwards so yeah, when he was we first able to see get it that back yeah yeah and everything else we saw goes from one teleporting box to the other teleporting box the newspaper which we see right before he does the cat works perfectly none of the words are backwards nothing's wrong it all is exactly as it's supposed to be apparently which he definitely skimmed a little too fast but it's it's horror movie, so we don't have to ha- we don't have to be real. But I don't get now. I, most likely, this is I think going back to what you said. Don't do more than you can do. And that's what I was gonna say too. Is I feel like on something like that, I feel like it would be really hard for it to not obviously be fake if they did do it. Yeah, which I mean, a puppet cat like I was expecting it oh, to be like disfigured cat. or inside out or something. Um, yeah. And I think they could have made that even in 1958, but maybe they couldn't show something so horrific or whatever. Because, like, even the murder at the beginning, you barely get to see any blood. Like, it's it's glimpsed at. Like, they're not trying to dwell on it. And it's it's very, like, pinkish red blood. Like, it looks like paint. Um, which, is, again, it's 1958. There's a lot of rules regulating what they can show and stuff but um, and what they can I actually thought- do. Before we watched this, that it was going to be in black and white. I did too. And I I feel like at the, I don't know if the version I got is just colorized or if this was always shown in color, but I I feel like there has to be an older movie still than this version of The Fly. Um, Maybe it was a TV series, um, or like maybe not a TV series, but maybe it was an episode of like Twilight Zone or something, because I swear there is a different, like, okay, the, the key phrase from this film is, help me help me as the human fly hybrid the fly with the human head is trying to get the attention of somebody to rescue them from a spider web which i i feel like i've seen that scene in a in a different way and in black and white so either i've made that up and it's definitely possible that my brain has reconstructed something from because again this is a it's that that idea has been done many things i know the simpsons did it uh, tons of movies have tons of TV shows and movies have alluded to that scene of the the fly hybrid asking for help in a squeaky voice. So who knows if I've manipulated my my memory in some capacity to uh, to think it was in black and white or something. But um, that that scene is it's devastating, right? Yes. Um, and what happened after was. Well, so there is. We haven't talked about the detective um, because it's a murder. There is a detective investigation, and uh, he is uh, Inspector Charis, who's played by Herbert Marshall. Um, I, I like him, um, and you know it's hard to to fault him. He doesn't believe the story, but the story is preposterous. Of he he invented this machine and turned himself into a fly on accident. Like it's like okay, well that's crazy, um, but he uh, he witnesses it 
and he's so shocked by what he witnesses and it's pretty like crazy because you see this little um webbed up fly half man it's more like a human torso at this point um being attacked by a spider and he smashes the spider and the fly with a rock um which at that point it, they had to because there was no way to bring them back uh and he couldn't just fly around as himself because what a nightmare that was um so it is debatable if help me was saying kill me kill me you know because that was his instruction to his wife was to find the fly and kill it oh um like capture after it was too late um because she says that to vincent price we have to kill it promise me you'll kill the fly because vincent price lied to her that he had the fly with the white head and she's like promise me you'll kill it promise me you'll destroy it and he was lying but so um I think that, like, in a way, that's what it was being said when it's helped me. It's like, he didn't want to be eaten by a spider because it's painful and whatnot, but, you know, help me. And maybe also the fly doesn't know that the uh, half, you know, the, the full body human with the fly head and arm have been killed. So he, there's no more chance of separating them anymore. There's only him. And you can't have him just, like, flying around as a f- human fly. That's creepy as heck. And, of course, a big part of the emotion of this movie is the young son that his dad is now dead. His mom is facing murder charges for the killing of his father, which he doesn't know that. But we're, you know, we're worried about his outcome. Luckily, Francois, uh, Uncle Vincent Price, is uh, very caring. There is a little creepy subplot where Vincent Price's character has been in love with his brother's wife, um, but never acted on it because she loved his brother. But... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was like, I'm wondering if like if they're gonna end up together. Like, is it kind of is hinted at at the end of the movie that maybe she can develop feelings for him? Because uh, he's so good to you're so good to us. It's just like, uh, that's still your. Well, <laughs> never mind what I could say in reference to that. Whatever. Um, but I. Bill came in and watched like ten minutes of the movie with me, and he's like. Oh, he's rich. She just loves him for his money. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> She's been trying to help homie a lot. And yeah. she is devastated. It's definitely not about that. Um, and I thought that they did a good job, like, showing that part of their relationship, too. Because, I mean, she is horrified, but she keeps trying to find a way. She wants to fix it. Yeah, she's she's desperate to, to save him. Um, I mean, they they have some very romantic moments in the movie. I mean, like when he takes her to the ballet and uh, he he gets an idea and he starts like writing an equation out and she just kind of like, no, no. And even there's humor in that scene. I don't know if you noticed the guy sitting behind them was like really aggravated. Yeah, he over. (laughs) Yeah. He can't see. He's just like like, so pissed off. Yeah, yeah, I really, I thought that whole scene was uh, pretty great. And, um, but it's also sweet. And like, uh, she's so accepting like he vanishes into his like man room if you will his laboratory um for weeks at a time apparently and she's she's good with it like she because he is he's also very sweet to her like there's there's a relationship there that i really found endearing and and heartfelt and and true and um when when it ends because of a mistake he got overzealous and he did a human test on himself and he knows it's his fault he knows he screwed up it's tragic. It's a really sad twist. Um, and that is in 1987's The Fly in a very different way. But there is still a human element to the film that you are devastated by the results of someone's um, the like, the progress. And that is a, a theme in the movie, both uh, outright stated, but it's in both the idea of like progress and us, you know, moving forward she is uh kind of afraid of progress and technology and he is marveled by it um and there's a, a cool conversation about that a couple of times actually in the movie and i i think it today's world it applies heavily you know we're constantly looking to uh to what's the next big thing what's the next technological advancement that we don't really know what the repercussions are i mean i've said of many times to some people like when cell phones first became the norm they were uh blamed for brain cancer like people were like, oh, oh, and still people believe that microwaves give people cancer. Well, but think how many all of a sudden we're all walking around with these little devices in our pockets that are sending signals out all the time. We don't really know what the long term effects of those signals could be. 
we haven't had time to see the effects yet. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things when smoking first started, no one knew it was causing lung cancer. It took years before that became clear to everyone that it was the cause of something. And we cell phones are, while they're now, you know, over 20 years old and I would say over like 15 years of, of frequent use for your average individual, that's still, that's still not a guarantee that we don't know why, like what, what could be happening to us. And that is, I think a theme that you see in the fly is like he's looking for this, this technology he's discovered could revolutionize the world. And he's so rushed to like develop it all the way. He can't just, he doesn't want to take it slow and test it and test it and make sure over and over again, he's rapidly moving through the progression. He tested on an ashtray that messes up and he almost doesn't even notice the mess up. His wife points out that it's the words are backwards and he goes back to the drawing board. He fixes it, but then he tests the cat. The cat vanishes. So a few weeks go by, then he tests the guinea pig, and ironically, the guinea pig is the guinea pig, and um, the guinea pig survives, and then he's the next step is human transport, and he doesn't play it safe. You know, he transports himself with the fly on accident, and everything goes to crap from there, and it is, it's kind of a lesson in that, you know, yes, progress is important, but it's also have to be regulated and maintained and, and dealt with with caution, that it's, you know, if you if you are too enthusiastic about what the technology could do you might miss what it could also do wrong and um it's it's i think a powerful message that worked in 1958 um but it also works right now as we're continually looking to move forward to the next technology what's the next development going to be that changes our world are we going to get flying cars ever you know blade runner and back to the future say so but I just love. Oh, I don't want to get off into it onto a tangent, but I love that Blade Runner, uh, the first one takes place during this year, and I'm like, not anything that's happening right now. Isn't it 2017 or is it 2019? I think it's 19. But oh, dang! Still. But still, odds of our two years away. Yeah, it's unlikely it would devolve that far or evolve and devolve because it like you would get the technology, but then like the world kind of crumbles around us. Um, but yeah, um. I, I really like this movie. Um, I think that's all I have to say. Is there any other elements you want to bring up? No. All right. Um, I thought the cast was great, and I I give... I'm going to go first. Must see. Oh. Oh, go, oh you're going must see. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'll go with you on that. It, it's definitely a great film. I highly recommend, though, that you check out David Cronenberg's The Fly with Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. It is uh, fantastic and then no matter what do not watch the second one um just pretend there's only one um okay is it by the same director no no um and it's it's oh it's it's i ha- i couldn't make it through it um but i i have read enough to know that i made the right choice so um that is our review of the fly we both say must see it is a great old horror film uh it's i i say it's great for the whole family uh there's you know even the murder is done off off screen you see the after aftermath but even that is minimal um it is uh there's there's definitely some sci-fi elements to it um super super except except acceptable though overall there's no cursing there's not again a violence most of it it is it could be a little slow uh to a younger audience though because there is a lot of dialogue um, I just happen to be a fan of dialogue, so I tend to not mind uh, too much conversation. Um, but I, even I definitely I zoned out a couple of times because it was just long winded uh, at, at very small moments. But um, overall, the film was great. So I say check it out. And next week, continuing with our horror movies, uh, Corey, do you remember what we're watching? No. Okay, we're gonna be watching The Howling. From 1981. Oh, shoot. We are watching it. Okay. Yeah, uh, directed by Joe Dante. We know there's a whole list of this that we have he, now. I know. But he didn't he do Gremlins? He did. Uh, he did Gremlins. Okay. Um, I think Matinee. Um, apparently Small Soldiers. Gremlins 2. Um, he's the director that I've only seen bits and pieces of his work. Matinee is one that I really do want to watch, but apparently it's very hard to get a hold of now. He did the 1978 Piranha. Uh, one of Mike's favorites, Rock and Roll. No, it says Rock and Roll High School, but it says uncredited, so I'm not sure. Um, he directed two episodes of the Police, excuse me, Police Squad, um, the Twilight Zone movie. It looks like uh, some of the Twilight Zone TV series, um, Inner Space, which I've heard about. Oh, he did the Burbs. I always forget he did the Burbs. 
Uh, that was on my list for uh, uh, it was my honorable mention for uh, horror comedies last week on top five. Um, yeah, it's one um, I've heard about. I've heard a lot of people are big fans of. Um, I have heard though that you tend to like either this movie, The Howling, or An American Werewolf in uh, London. Uh, so I'm not sure if this movie can nervous. yeah can win me over because I love American Werewolf in London. Um, but maybe I can like both. Uh, you know, some people say things that mean nothing. So. Um, we'll be back next week with the new episode, uh, episode 42, where we'll be talking about uh, Joe Dante's The Howling. Um, until next time, Corey, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. And thanks. Have a good day. Oh, wait, what am I doing? We forgot to say how you can contact us. We'd love to hear your reviews. Contact at BurkeReviews.com. You can follow me on Twitter at BurkeReviews. Corey? At Corey, our star, two R's on the end. And now I say goodbye. Thanks for listening. Uh, tell everyone about our podcast, please. Share it with your friends. Um, if you would rate us Very on charming. iTunes, we would be very, very grateful. Uh, and we are. We are. We're darlings. Um, but we'll be back next week, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Peace. Bye, this has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>